Well, hey there, fellow nerds and nerdwells. I'm AJ, and welcome to the Adventurers Anonymous podcast, the home of improvised fantasy, fuck nuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons and Dragons, and seek a glorious death. Right, before we get going, I'm duty-bound to remind you that the content from here on in is not suitable for little ears. What follows is mostly improvised and entirely inappropriate. Listener discretion, as always, is advised. This week, I am of course joined by the usual crew of abject depravity. First up, we have a man who likes to spend his weekends making scale model saunas for his Lego figures. It's Matt Durant. How the devil are you? Good, thanks. Just got a new delivery of Lego for my yeah. well-known Lego obsession. And I put them all in my sauna. There's like little Are you little saying this dudes. was just made up by the Daily Mail? Um, yeah, like 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 most things, you can't you can't always believe what you read. Yeah, okay. When it comes to saunas, are you a dry heat kind of guy? Or are you more of a wet heat? There's no comparison. Dry, as dry as the dry heat, as dry as the Sahara, and as hot as pregnant pause. Greece, Greece. Wow. <laughs> Not as hot as the Sahara. <laughs> that's that's just unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very different kind of heat. That's a very different kind of uh, as hot as the Sahara and as wet as tzatziki. There, That's what they say. That's what they say. Excellent. Next up, we have a man who couldn't look more out of place if he was in a cable knit cardigan catalogue. It is Mr. Chris Rag. <laughs> Ironically, he's not wearing a cable knit cardigan, listeners. But I've moved on to hoodies. Cardigans are so last year. How is the cardigan? You said you've got one cardigan and you love it and you'll keep it forever and you've never found a cardigan that's better than it. Still not, but it's in the back of the car, dirty. So unfortunately, uh, I've had to slob it down with a, my hoodie. Okay, that makes sense. It does look very comfy though. It is a nice hoodie. It's new. Mm. How would you? Oh, I see. Sorry, I thought you were saying his cardigan was comfy, Mr. Neil. I was like, have you borrowed it? It does look like a comfy cardigan. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to take it back. Um... And you've heard his voice. Last but not least, we have a man who has single-handedly redefined the concept of being a woke millennial thirst trap. It is the one and only Mr. Chris Neal. How are you? You know what? I'm just going to lean into it. No one has ever called me a thirst trap before. Um, so I'm just That's gonna a take... lie. I call it to you every <laughs> fucking week. Well, no, I'm, I'm saying no one else has ever called me a thirst trap before. Um, and I'm just going to lean into it and, and take the compliment because um, you think I you think I've 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 got something hot and I know how to bust it down sexual style. <coughs> Sorry, that was a dry heave. That wasn't that wasn't. Wow, sexual style. Sexual style. I love sharing this room with Chris. <laughs> it's it, it, it's hot. It's a it's a grease heat. A greasy. It's a greasy. It's a greasy. <laughs> <laughs> How hot would you say the room is? Oh, Jesus Christ. Rubs body uncontrollably. A wet heat. Okay. Right. Uh, Mr. Neil, you've prepared a statement about our sponsors, I believe. Do you want Oh, to- yes. Yes, I do. Are you their lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somehow I've become, I've become the podcast lawyer. Um, yes, I have. Thank you very much, AJ. What's up, adventurers? I'm here to talk to you about fan roll dice. Look, we all love dice. They're the little knickknacks that make the clickety-clack sounds and help us do a whole bunch of fucking maths. That's why we've teamed up with Fan Roll Dice to offer our listeners 10% off when you use the code ADVENTURER10. 
with everything from resin to sharp edge silicone, mini little babies to chunky, beefy boys, and beautiful liquid core and gemstone dice, Fanroll Dice has you covered. So head on over to fanrolldice.com and use code ADVENTURER10 to get 10% off. Now back to the intro, show pony. Wow. Do you have the longest moment there, Mr. Neil? I thought you were actually, you'd memorize that. No, absolutely not. Absolutely. I thought you were freewheeling for a minute there. I can freewheel the start of it because the start of it just says, thanks, AJ. I, I do enjoy the um, the screen direction of whoop sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, was ex- I was expecting you to pick up on that. At first, I didn't. A consummate it, and I was professional. Like, Craggy's here this week. I'll put it in. I, I was, I was like, maybe, maybe I'll join in. No, no, maybe next. Yeah, well, there you go. Yes, fanrolldice.com, uh, ongoing sponsor for this current campaign. Very exciting. Get yourself a discount. Head on over there and use the code Adventurer Ten. Um, I've certainly got my free dice off them. Uh, I got I signed up for the corporate shill, and uh, I've got a set of liquid core dice. And I can tell you, they're fun. They sparkle. They've got little. They've got they've got a wet heat inside them. And as you roll the dice, it all just kind of like spangles around and glitters. It's beautiful. So yeah, highly recommend the liquid core dice if you can get your hands on them. Right, Mister Rag, you've been away for a few weeks. Do you want a recap, and then you can ask some questions. Last we left off with our intrepid adventurers, they were attempting to liberate the goblin slaves on the Stank family vineyard estate. Having broken into the servants' quarters, they started the job of raising up a worker's coup. Tatty putting himself forward as a self-fashioned, subversive, sad boy gnome. Having stormed through the kitchens and whipped the staff up into a fevered froth of freedom, the coup made its way to the dining hall, finally catching sight of Lionel and Queenie hosting a garden party on the lawns the estate. And dear listeners, let's not forget, all of this, Mr. Bojangles had to break the devastating news to the goblin toad flaps that he had once upon a time grievously wounded her mother and then done a fairly half-assed job of euthanizing her. Now, after a little contemplation, Toadflaps decided to turn the matricidal frown upside down, and instead of choosing violence, she chose to bind herself to Tatty in a life pact that he would one day have to pay off. See, listeners, who said we couldn't do highbrow, tear-joking, immersionally relevant content? Shame on you. And that is where we will pick up this week's episode. So yeah, Mr. Rag, you know, a few things happened. A few things happened. Yeah, I have no questions. I, I, I feel Excellent. like the last episode must have been full of hijinks because, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from what it sounds like, we moved from downstairs to the living room. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, I think I think there was one week where we didn't have an episode. Uh, um, right, there was yeah. one week where we didn't have an episode, so we, you may have only missed one or two episodes. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, there was a week where me and Chris basically just drank cocktails in True Love's cocktail bar, <laughs> and then Chanel bullied us into doing shots. That was one Thursday. And then the next Thursday, you managed to get from the kitchen to the dining room. That's mostly because Lewis was there and he kept on talking about old men sucking cocks. (laughs) Uh, I'm currently editing that episode and I've got a full five or six minutes of just a dialogue about elderly men sucking each other off. He putting all the the words you can't use into a separate file. (laughs) It's just 15 minutes of... Cock, cock, come, fuck, cock. Oh, Jesus Christ. Shut up, you cum bubble.
That would be really funny in Lewis's voice, but for some reason, I also find it absolutely, <laughs> utterly hilarious in Matt's voice as well. Yeah, I, I need that soundboard. Just not sexualizing it at all. <laughs> oh, oh, bollocks, bollocks. Cheers. <laughs> oh, dear God. Oh, that reminds me, Cockwomble. Um, we, I don't know if you, you did see, hopefully, because I shared it with the group of you on the old channels, but uh, listeners... We got a tweet. Sometimes people talk to us listeners on the socials, and we got a message from Just a Tortle at Sports Psycho on Twitter. And they said, he said, ruffling papers, uh, they said that they've been binging the podcast. They said they'd listened to 19 episodes in a mere four days, which blows my mind in itself. But they also said that listening to the podcast they thought they were listening to John Richardson and Phil Wang, the comedians, uh, which we had to do a little bit of digging to find out that the uh, the lady in question thought that Mr. Chris Neal sounded a bit like John Richardson and Matt, Matt he uh, she thought you sounded a bit like Phil Wang. I can, I can, we can do the, use this for the promos. Hi, I'm Phil Wang and listen to Ad- Adventures Anonymous. <laughs> uh, my 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 colleague and peer uh, Phil Wang, thank you, Phil, is correct. You should definitely listen to the Adventurers Anonymous podcast. <laughs> it also sounds like your co-host of a news segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now to Chris Wragg for the weather. <laughs> it, <yeah. laughs> just just all weather people just look it, up it, at the uh, sky. It, uh, <laughs> Ah, right there you go i thought it was the sun but it wasn't it was just a reflection of of your light it was just a light bulb yeah yes okay so you find yourselves in the dining room of the stank vineyard estate uh just for a bit of color and clarity mr chris rag the last we heard from lewis he had used spiritual weapon and decided to make a giant winged mount so he's currently flying a spiritual blue winged penis around the um dining room and out of the windows of the dining room you saw lionel and queenie which is the son of the man who owns the estate and his wife queenie and they were on the lawn and looked like they were playing croquet. I have questions. Absolutely. Are we trying to keep these people alive as prisoners, or would we just like to drain them of blood? I'm gonna. Wow, drain mm. them of blood is a very visceral way of saying <laughs> let's kill them. Uh, but I'm down for just killing them. Basically, okay. it sounds like it sounds like they're horrible people. Um, yeah, Tatty's gonna. If Toad Flaps is stood next to me, um, and she can see Lionel and Queenie outside as well. Um, I'm gonna turn to Toad Flaps and say, "Are they are they as bad as people people say? Do they deserve to live?" Toad Flaps looks at you, and she looks out the window at them, and she says, "Well, they're as bad as any masters I've known. They kidnap me, not directly, but I work here on the estate at their behest. It's not like any of us get paid." Mm. As you feel a hand on your other shoulder, as you look up at the bumblebee who you've not really given much thought to for a little while. She's been hiding at the back as uh, the bumblebee says, just remember, whatever you start cannot be undone. So be sure of your actions before 
taking the first blow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. Oh, yeah, say, so whatever part-timer. <laughs> wow. Uh, she looks uh, at you and just gives you the wank hand, <laughs> like, which obviously doesn't um, translate very well in an audio medium, listeners. The wank hand is a bit like the Spider-Man thing or the Nescafe. Does anyone old enough to remember the Nescafe hand wank with the beans? No? <laughs> Spider-Man. I feel like right. if you know the Spider-Man hand, you probably know the wank hand. Yeah. <laughs> I realise Spider-Man's good enough. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that's that's happening. And and Mr. Rag, just for a bit of clarity, uh, you'd managed to drum up about 20 goblins to follow you from the kitchens. All of them are currently armed with an assortment of kitchenware. Some of them have got sharp knives. Some of them have got cleavers. Some of them have got skewers. Some of them have got whisks, rolling pins... Uh, I think one of them had a fondue set from memory. Mm. Uh, and also, Belsiar, as you look down, you see Picato at your feet, who is holding a knife and a fork in both hands and is just going, He's, he's hungry. <laughs> not him in a while. Just full on baby Danny DeVito. I think like the, the Pepper Army man. <laughs> it does have that energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He really does. Oh, actually, yeah, There's uh, just for clarity, Mr. Rag, there's 19 goblins. There were 20. Uh, Maud injured one of them by crowd surfing on a on a tray. <laughs> uh, broke an arm of one of the goblins. So you're one goblin down. Oh, is there just, like, the stanky bitches? Or do they have, like, any henchmen? Do they have, like, a, like security? That's what you need to work out. <laughs> yeah i think we i think we head outside with the intention of just of just taking them down i think there'll probably there'll probably be a few guards out there i'm not I'm more worried about like other rich people that they're playing croquet with and what happens to them how um how uh, what floor are we on compared to the the oh, garden yeah. yeah you're on the ground floor so the lawns roll off the lawns uh this is out the front so you've gone right through the house uh the vineyard is to the side, and the lawns are to the front, and you're in the hall. Uh, you've got the table. You can see all the kind of silverware on the table. There's a good few hour or so until um, dinner is served. And as you look out at the bay windows, so you've got some a lovely set of, I'm not going to pretend I'm an architect. I'm going to call them bay windows. They might be French windows, but large glass doors. And through them, you can see Lionel and Queenie, who appear to be playing croquet in company. I I really fight the urge to jump through the windows because I realise these are <laughs> our windows and I don't want to deal with a contractor. So mm. I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> myself. Don't forget yeah. as well, Mr. Chris Rag. Just to remind you, because I know it's been a whole few weeks for you. You've also got the skull of the Periton strapped mm, to your back. I believe you back. ripped it off. And no, I didn't. Re- I didn't remember. I'm uh, okay, I'm enjoying okay. this one pie. I really want us to make a mace out of that. Like, make a massive <laughs> oh, two-handed hammer out of it or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to turn around to I'm going to turn around to everyone, um, and hopefully the goblins can hear as well. And I'm just going to say, uh, look, I say we we head out through those whatever whatever you call them French French doors whatever uh, into the into the garden where the um, where they're currently playing croquet, um, and we and we just open fire on on, <laughs> on the stanks. Uh, I might, I might, discriminate. I might say something cool, but I, you know, I also don't want to tear it up too much. Um, I like to say something cool right as I'm about to fire fire an arrow, but might not, might not be the best. Um, Twang. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep that as option B. Thank you. 
Um, yeah, Whap. I'm just gonna just gonna take out my take out my bow uh, and start marching towards the towards the. Is it like the back doors or the front doors that look out on towards the the garden where they are? They're like side doors. So imagine a whole, uh, imagine a great hall, and along the length of the table, that wall is windows, and in the middle are a set of big glass doors. So you can see the countryside, you can see the rolling hills outside. It's a nice day. Uh, it's a nice day for a massacre. What, uh, what are you doing? What are the stanky bitches doing? Are they are they playing the game? Are they playing croquet? Or are they playing croquet? Okay, croquet. Okay, let's go in company. So as you make your way to the doors, who's leading this part? This motley crew, mm, Mr. Bojangles. I'll do, I'll do it. Fair enough. So as Mr. Bojangles walks up to the door, he has to reach high for the handle as he jumps jumps a few times. <laughs> Joking. Just being sizest. Uh, as you walk up, you open the door of the French windows. As it swings out, you are, first of all, hit by the sound of classical music. As you see, you've stumbled into a lawn party. Um, as you see various guests milling around, and uh, sipping cocktails and eating canapes and you see a like a string quartet uh, under a gazebo playing as they're playing like as other songs are available listeners yeah, so you see, you see like a lawn party, and you see little goblin waiters wandering around, handing out a, uh, aperitifs and voulevons, um, and you see the stanks in the middle of a game of croquet, right in the middle of it all. As people look on, there's a tittle tattle of voices and giggles. So you see quite a few other people. As like these guys do their thing and go, can I? Like, um, at the same time, go to the orchestra and, like, give them some money to play a different song. Can you cue them up to play, like, some dramatic battle music when the moment comes? I was going to ask them maybe some, like, Slayer, like, Rainblood or something. Slayer! <laughs> <laughs> As the man with the trombone puts it down and picks up his bass guitar. <laughs> 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 no. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can do if that's If that's your opening gambit, yes. But you I, can I'm going to let these over. guys go first and, you know, do the talk. And then, okay. like, well, You're going to hold I'll, your action. Slide, yeah, I'll slide that. <laughs> Sub- subvert the band. Is I your, think that's one of the... Act, that, it says that specifically on D&D Beyond. <laughs> It's like run, yeah. run. It's like move, attack, grapple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toggle run, genre. Yeah, attack, grapple, uh, change song. Change song. <laughs> Discuss genre change with playlist. Band. Okay. Right. How's this going down? I'm not wasting any time. I'm just going I'm, I'm I'm to get, get out of the doors. And I'm going to... Drop your trousers. Sorry, sorry. Don't let you me ruin see the mood. Wet heat. Uh, you don't want to know my secret. <laughs> I'm always erect. <laughs> no, no, that doesn't happen. Has Lionel just wiped something out of his eye? <laughs> oh. uh, I'm just going to. No I'm juice. Gonna shout. <laughs> I'm just going to shout. Uh, Lionel Stank, you have been found guilty of illegal working practices. Uh, I'm going to take out an arrow, and I'm just going to fire it at him. That's pretty cool. Um, okay, yep. So 
<laughs> legal working practices. Uh, make me a hit roll. Uh, and I'm going to use uh, steady aim to give myself advantage as well, because I would like to hit. While you're firing, I quickly say, and the punishment is death. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be very quick as the arrow whistles through the air. And the punishment is death! <laughs> 28 to hit. Well, I think we can safely say it hits. All right, okay. Uh, 16 damage. 16 damage. Okay. As you... You burst out of the French doors onto the front of the lawn as a, as a lawn party goes on around you as guests quietly talk and mingle and share drinks, cocktails and aperitifs. A gnome bursts on with a crowd of goblins behind it, screaming, Lionel Stank, you have been found guilty of illegal work practices, knocking an arrow and firing it. The arrow flies across the party, narrowly missing the head of a lady as it thwomps into the shoulder of Lionel Stank, who's wearing a white dinner jacket. As the arrow digs deep into his shoulders, the red crimson stain bleeding out of his shoulder. He looks down at it, looks up at you, looks down at the arrow, looks up at you and says, Ah, more guests. Welcome. Welcome to the party. Please do avail yourself of the food. Have yourself a cocktail or maybe an amuse-bouche. We have a wonderful little uh, rosemary and um, salmon. Voulez-vous, if you could be so interested. Anyway, come now. It appears we're at a loss. You know my name. I do not know yours. Can I quickly use insight to check he's not a vampire or some kind of supernatural creature? Uh, yes, make me a perception check. Uh, let's see. This doesn't sound like a guy who. This, well, this does sound like a guy who takes arrows and shrugs them off, which is which is odd. Fourteen. Uh, Fourteen. Um, I mean, you look at him as he talks. You squint. You move your pince nez glasses off the end of your nose. You look for sharp teeth, or like uh, trying to use your bifocal pince nez glasses um you're no there's nothing that's really you know he neither smells nor garlic nor does he have pointy <laughs> teeth and he's standing outside in the sun oh, yeah, and boy. doesn't appear to be wearing factor 38 sun cream <laughs> um so you could be fairly sure yes as he as he says to you tatty looking at the goblins behind you warbling around with with all manner of implements he says i am at a loss what is your name we are the revolution. Stank Estate is under new management, and maybe I'll just fire again. <laughs> well, let me introduce you to some of our guests. Over here, we have... Oh, no. It's this lady who's chatting to a group of other people turns around. He's like, oh, Coretta, Coretta, please come meet our guests. Here is Coretta Taint Ticker, the local police commissioner. I'm sure she would love to make your acquaintance. And over there, Barbarossa Speltwetter, editor at the Daily Horn. Please, come join us. We would love to hear what you have to say. It appears you've met my staff. Wait, which? what was the name of the editor? Barbarossa Speltwetter. 
which is a, a male human, and uh, Coretta Taint Ticker is a female elderly police commissioner who looks a bit like Cressida Dick. Weird coincidence. Who knew? All right. Uh, I'll file that piece of information away in the back of my mind. <laughs> I say, um, good good to meet you, Commissioner Taint Ticker. Uh, good to meet you, um, Mr. Speltletter. If you are if if you're uh, complicit in any of the Stanks crimes, uh, you'll be dealt with shortly. As um, Coretta says, when you say dealt with, would you mind elaborating? You have already broken into a man's house and shot him. Oh, we'll put you in the ground. Don't you worry. Ah, okay. Does that does that satisfy your curiosity? It does. Thank you very much for elaborating. You're more than welcome. It's at this point, Belsia. Um, make me a perception check. Uh, oh, six. Six. Having readjusted your very focal pince knees to try and establish a bit more about Lionel, you see a shape out of the back of the crowd. It's a bit blurry at first as you rub your eyes and readjust your glasses. You see a crocoborn float out of a social group of people who he's been sharing a drink with. As he comes nearer to the fray to see what all of the hubbub is about, you see an elderly crocoborn in a dinner jacket. As after a while it dawns on you and you remember the face, as you look at the form of Impar, your father, as... He comes to stand next to Coretta and Barbarossa. As he looks over at the arrow sticking out of Lionel's shoulder, he says, Oh, oh dear. Taking in the vista in front of him, he looks around at the motley crew in front of him and casts eyes on you and says, Bibi, is that you? Um, I cast Mold Earth, so the, the Earth swallows me up. <laughs> <laughs> what a very so you vanish in- the very wizardly way of, of, uh, of just, like, hiding, like, sticking your head under the Earth. <laughs> so you've, you, you've molded Earth to try and what? <laughs> to get out of this awkward conversation. No, I, I, I stare at the ground and I, and I say, Papa? It has been many years. How are you? I'm doing well. I own property. <laughs> or I'm, I'm about to own property. Oh, well. Yes, your mother and I have missed you. Missed you greatly. She did ask after you for a while. How is, how is, uh, insert canonical name for Belsia's mother, my mother. Martha. 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 Uh, Martha is, um, well, she's glad you remember her name for a start, <laughs> but uh, no. We'll fix it in post. Unfortunately, Martha left me a few years ago for a yoga instructor. Fucking couples yoga retreats are the worst. Good. I well, that's, I mean, you gotta, you gotta look at yourself, Dad. You gotta ask yourself, how did, how did you end up here? What, 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 what pushed her away? Well, she was schlepping a man who could do downward dog 
um, without breaking his back, which is more than I could do. Um, the, the, she wasn't interested in the crouching croc. Anyway, moving on. I am here uh, because the Stank family are um, proud patrons and sponsors of the Wizard's Sleeve. After all, who do you think paid for your education and scholarship? That Stank family. <laughs> I, I, I thought this was a different Stanks. Okay. Uh, this is kind of awkward now, isn't it? It's like I'm, I'm kind of biting the hand that fed me through... Uh, through college. Well, yes, this is somewhat of an awkward situation. As uh, Impar leans in, casts healing wound on um, on uh, Lionel, pulling the arrow out of him. There's still a stain um, as Lionel groans a little bit as the shaft of the arrow is pulled out. As Impar looks at you, Belsiar, and says, it appears we have gone down separate paths, these past few years it is good to hear that you will soon own property making a go of your life um would you who is your friend uh this is uh tati bojangles uh <laughs> oh you mean potato he <laughs> <laughs> rolls his eyes audibly audibly rolls his eyes uh he's a he's um, an animate potato Ah, I see you uh, mastered the dark arts, after all. Yes. Piddling around with Tyromancy up here. Tyromancy. Yes. Potato-mancy. Carbomancy. Tati turns to Belsiar just, like, out of, uh, kind of, like, quietly off to one side for him and be like, hey, like, we're, we're not going to kill your dad, but we kind of still have to... We kind of still have to kill these people. Could we... we could... Still, I don't want to ask because it seemed like it would be, you know, against the movement, kind of uncool at all. But could we not kill my dad? Yeah, uh, we're everyone, not going to kill your dad. Yeah, as long as we got that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to stop you if you want to kill your dad. No, I'm not. But, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> I'm not going to take that away from you. <laughs> I'm going to not ready. kill your dad. I'm going to have a mask on, so I might kill your dad, and I'm sorry if I kill your dad. Are, are you like the guy who turns up to the bank job and then puts his mask on? So you've been standing next to the string quartet for a while, leaning on the gazebo, just slowly pulling. Well, I, I don't want to freak out the quartet when I was like, you know, requesting Slayer, and then because <laughs> that's already a pretty intense request and then, for a string quartet. I, nah, they, they've got skills. They, yeah, 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 they know. What I, they I reckon the stanks are the best. I, I flick him a couple of coins and then put them, when the time is right, you know, when we're about to go in battle, and then and then I'll put on my mask. So I'm maskless at the moment, but in battle I will be maskful. And you've conveyed all of this to the string quartet whilst this tight family dialogue is going on. You've been, like, discoursing with the... Um, that's not a word. You've been having a discourse a with uh, the string quartet as one of them hands you a baton, as in the conductor's baton. <laughs> and just not, tells not you to bread. bring them in when you're ready. Um, yeah, I'll, 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 while Belsia is like talking to his dad, I'll like talk to Jeremy uh, and see, and hope that he has some um, you know orchestral experience that I can. Jeremy, Jerry, the DM writing Jerry, the name. Jerry down. the demon. Yeah, oh, Jerry. Yeah. Uh, Jerry as in like the demon. Yeah, I'm going to try and summon him to. to oh my help me god! Yes, make me a religion check. 
Uh, I feel like I'm taking away from the dad moment, but sure. No, 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 no. this is all good. Don't worry. This is this is Jerry moment. We had a great dad moment. It was so <laughs> fucking awkward. It was ridiculous. Top points: if you can bring Jeremy and Jerry back together in a in a full circle in like three episodes time. Wow. <laughs> Jeremy's already in hell working out a deal with Jerry. Yeah, with Marvin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, Jeremy's riding around on Marvin's back on flickered flame <laughs> in the afterlife. So, so I got a three. Uh, a three. Yeah. As you, you're not sure how this works. So as the string quartet are like playing, um, you you're desperately looking everywhere uh, to try and to try and see if you can get Jerry back. As you see, a lady in the string quartet has a makeup bag. As you pull out a little um, like makeup mirror as you stare into it and just really clench everything, all of your sphincters and muscles are clenched as you're, like, chanting for Jeremy. All of your sphincters. <laughs> um, as you're... You're not sure how to... As you're just screaming into a makeup mirror. <laughs> like... Belsiar, as you're having a conversation with your dad... <laughs> about the morals and ethics of your situation. You look to the left, and you see your friend screaming into a makeup mirror. You look to the right, you see your other friend riding a winged spiritual penis. And you look down, and you see your best friend, a tiny, demonic baked potato, holding a knife and fork. And you wonder, really, what happened? How did you walk down this road? How does this look in front of my dad? Should I care? Impa, which is your dad, he's looking a bit embarrassed, really. I mean, he's you, you shat the bed lots as a kid. Uh, he was forever having to, like... Um, that's metaphorically, by the way, listeners. That's not canon. Uh, he's not Whoa. a bed shitter. <laughs> like, it's a step up from bed wetter. Which... Is it... God damn it, Jimmy. You shit the bed again. <laughs> well... Welcome to your nightmares, kid. Welcome to your nightmares. I'm not changing the bedspread again. Right. Just flip the mattress over. Anyway, there you go. Sorry, oh. just channeling my childhood. Right, yeah. Uh, your dad's just looking awkward as you've gate-crashed a dinner party um, of the people who, who are, you know, funders of the Wizard Sleeve Academy, which is where you were educated and grew up, and your father is a professor there. and um, your friends are now trying to liberate the manor and murder everyone. So good so, business, is it? As an alumni of the Wizard Sleeve Academy, your education was paid for uh, partially by the Stanks. That's a lot to take in. Uh, I, I, I say to Papa, I say, um, just, just try and hide behind something while we do our thing. We're very good at it, and I wouldn't want you to get hurt. As... Impar looks at you, walks a little bit closer, and says, Is that the kind of man you are? A violent man? A man of action? Uh, kind of just... I, I don't choose violence. Violence violence kind of blunders into me. <laughs> uh, Maybe I never told you that I was proud of you. Is that why you've grown up to be this kind of man? Well, I can't place all the fault at, at, at your feet, but... Uh... Probably 70, 75%. 70, 30. 
Well, what parent isn't partially responsible for their child, but you were many things as a child, a coward, terrible at sport. <laughs> but I never thought you'd I never thought you'd grow up to be a murderer. It's more complicated than that, Dad. <laughs> you get it, Dad! You don't understand me. <laughs> as he reaches out a hand to you and is like, Bellini. Yes, Dad. Listen, you don't have to do this. I understand morally what you are trying to do. The world is not black and white. It is many shades of grey. You kill all these people, will you kill me too? It's... It's... Tough. The the world demands violence and, and blood. And... No. Your friend over there appears to be going through some things. But that doesn't mean that you need to be defined by the rage and anger and sadness in that gnome's eyes. You're a big croc. You can make your own decisions. Tatty's just going to shout, All right, okay, everyone that doesn't engage actively or by association in slavery, please leave so that you don't get hurt. Everyone else, please stay so that you can die. Do I stay or do I go? You stay. You stay. You stay. Me, me, no, me, no, like Jerry, but me want murder. Get, just, get just, Jerry. Just to it's Jerry. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> you make me look stupid. Make me, make me another religion check, Hanash. Make me another religion check. Hanash is like tugging your sleeve, like Tatty, Tatty. I got a question about what you just said. <laughs> 17 17 as you see a poof of red smoke inside the mirror as you just see um, Jerry in like half state of undress as he looks around as he's like no no why are you calling me now <laughs> it's now a bad I'm busy. time does it look like a good time as he pulls a towel around himself <laughs> I what have, you want? I, I have a really important ask. You know, I'm I'm here. I'm about to cause carnage. I've got a mask and everything. But uh, do you know anything yes. about conducting? <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> okay, right. There's a beat. <laughs> Wave your baton in a triangular motion, trying to hit the corners <laughs> of the beat. But. <laughs> That is all I can tell you. <laughs> I like to think Jerry is doing this while like, while tapping a beat with one foot in a towel. He's in a towel. Tapping a beat. As you hear him put the mirror on mute as he shouts something to somebody to one side at the call, as he unmutes the call, he's like, This really is a bad time. Um I'm busy. As he says, Listen. You are a man of great strength, great honour, courage and anger. If you are going to conduct, make sure it is on the offbeat. Carnage must pursue. Use, uh, a, use an interesting musical signature. Okay. Bye, Jerry. Have a good wank. Maybe try... <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. I close the mirror thing. As, as you just hear Jerry's voice just going, No! <laughs> Fuck you. What have I made? 
as uh, you throw the mirror back into the makeup bag, um, as you look down anyone, at the, the... Did anyone respond, like, other than, obviously, like, Lionel, Queenie, the police... Oh, they've all scattered. Everyone's scattering at this point, except there's kind of a hubbub of kind of, like, just people are now starting to get worried as violently unhinged people are taking over a lawn party. Uh, the only person who doesn't seem to be going anywhere is Impar, who just looks at you all. Is, are the stanks still here? The the stanks are just melting away with everyone else. All right, I'm going after them. This, okay. this family reunion uh, mate, what, what are you doing with all the goblins? I mean, they can come with us if they want. Uh, or they can. Or they I can don't know. They're all milling around currently. You just see, like, you've got nineteen goblins currently just eating hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> um, Good on them. Just, Good on them. Yeah. Uh, there seems yeah. to be a bit of friction between the on-duty goblins and the off-duty goblins. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I mean, Toad Flaps will probably come with me. Uh, I'm going after the Stanks, uh, and Belsiar can talk to his dad. Uh, if he if he wants to, that's cool. That'd be nice. Um, yeah, Hanash. Uh, no, what Hanash is doing? I'll take Aristobulus with me. Um, and Barbara. Oh, as as you look up, you just see the flying penis, the uh, like Pegasus with a dick face, with wings hovering above you. As Aristobulus is like, uh, just to clarify, I've only got an hour on this, and then it goes flaccid. So uh, probably got about half an hour on the clock. All right. That's cool. Keep an eye right. in the sky. Hooray! As he tugs on the hood and it just kind of flies off. Uh, yeah. There you go. I didn't want to do that, listeners. Uh, he forced my hand. Uh, what's 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 Maud doing? Maud is... Getting into character. Getting into character. Hating the world. Grieving for my lost goat. Maud is probably taking some of the orders as well, and she's also... Trying to explain to the to the goblins that are on duty that they can join the off duty goblins. Ah, uh, yeah. That, okay, so she's point, that's the point of a revolution that no one will be on duty. Got it. Yep. Uh, so she's your hype man. Okay. Yep. As she's trying to whip up a fervor with the uh, with the other goblins, that's understood. Uh, what's Gaspard the spider doing? It's been about uh, twenty six episodes. That's a question we don't ask enough. <laughs> no, it's all right. Gaspard is just hanging out on my shoulder like he usually does. Oh, okay. He's pretty. He's pretty. He's pretty chill. Gaspard's um, finishing his volume of haiku that he's been writing all this time. Gaspard's got his web and he's just doing a cat's cradle between his eight feet. <laughs> uh, he's just he's just chilling out. Okay. And uh, I'll take Barbara with me as well. Absolutely. Yeah, let's just check in on all the pets. You know, let's just have a pet amnesty. What's Kato doing? I feel like Kato is is pecking at the 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 orders at the uh, okay. at the um, canopies. Kato's wetted his beak in a in a vulaval. What's okay. the difference? Yeah, what, let's let's have a sidebar. What's the difference between a orders, a, a canopy, and a a, a vulaval? I think a vulaval has to be in a pastry case, right? Uh, isn't it French for blown by the wind or something? <laughs> it's a very light. Oh, yeah, I guess, um, yeah. Uh, it's a very light pastry casing. I think a canapé is any small amount of finger food at a party. And what was the other one? An hors d'oeuvre. Oh, right. A hors d'oeuvre. 
Uh, and again, I think a horse duvet is any mouthful of surprising food you get. I mean, we'll probably get corrected. And, and, and a moose moose. Uh, and, a mo- and a moose beak, <laughs> which is what um, Kato is currently yeah. snaffling. Yeah. An amusing beak. Glad we cleared that up. So that's all going on. Thank you very much. Had to check in with the pets. It's uh, important to make sure, uh, D&D players, that your pets are still alive once in a while. Give them a, give them a stroke behind the ear and feed them, or they will die. Uh, right. So as people start dispersing, the only people who aren't dispersing are Impar, who um, stands with you, Belsiar, looking slightly forlorn and sad, still holding on to the bloodied arrow that Tati had shot at Lionel. And as you look over, you see Coretta Taintaker reach into her bag, pull out a little stone, rub it, and uh, she vanishes from this plane, basically. And with a with a plop, she just goes, as a little burst of light, she vanishes. Uh, make me a perception check, Tatty. Perception. Perception. Uh, 17. 17. You've got good eyes as a hunter. As you marked all the targets you're interested in, as you see people wandering around in all directions, holding canapes, drinking bellinis, and um, generally like panicking now that they realise the tide has turned. As you see Queenie and Lionel heading off down the garden, you see them enter the garden maze. Uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow them. Uh, I'm gonna tell Aristobulus to go from above. And I'll go through the maze with um, with Barbara, and I don't know. Maybe one, maybe um, maybe Toad Flaps can come with me, and maybe if Bumblebee is with us, she can go up on the uh, phallusus on the on the Pegasus dick with Aristobulus. <laughs> Pegasus's dick, <laughs> dick with wings. What else do you expect me to call it? Can who, has someone got Aristobulus's stats? I've got them. Could you get him to make me a persuasion check as getting the bumblebee to ride Pegasus' dick might need a bit of... Um... Cool. Cool, 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 my friend. Cool, cool. Might need a bit of persuasion. That's a 23. A 23? That's a natural, oh, a natural 19. Natural 19. So no, 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 that's all right. Bumblebee's very sceptical at first as... Aristobulus is like, no, no, it's all right. As the bumblebee's like, listen, I don't really uh, know. I'm more of a ground-based bee. It's, it's, like, it's okay. As he reins it in and lowers the beast further to the ground. As he's like, look, just put your foot up here on the bollock and then swing the other one round the back. Hold on to my waist. As she jumps up onto the shaft and slings two arms around him. And she's like, why is it sticky? Oh, it's always like that. Don't worry. Just just hold on to this wad of pubes. It's just and, uh, that's, that's... <laughs> as as Aristobulus is like, Hooray! As the blue spiritual winged phallus just takes off into the sky. The words I never thought I'd say. Uh, my English teacher will be so proud of me. <laughs> I like to think that like this phallus doesn't just come out of nowhere, but there's this like a big blue like person. And all like, they keep on losing. <laughs> they keep on like, losing. Oh, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. What's the giant blue guy in Watchmen called? Dr. Manhattan. 
Dr. Manhattan. Basically, Dr. Manhattan's always wondering where his penis. Like, it's just in an alternate universe. He, Dr. Manhattan just thinks he's got a really itchy penis, but in reality, he's in a different dimension being ridden by Aristobulus. Um, there you go. Maybe, maybe that happens to all of us while we sleep. Um, uh, right, now that we've broken the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh walls... Yes, that's what's going to happen. So we're going to take a quick drinks break, listeners, because all of us need to refresh uh, ourselves. And when we rejoin, we're going to pick back up with Tati chasing some aristocrats through a maze, Hanash trying to conduct a string quartet, and Belsiar trying to patch up years of a cold relationship with his dad. There you go. Right, quick drinks break. Smoke if you got them, drink if you don't. See you back here. Well, there you go. That's it. Now, due to scheduling conflicts, we're going to have to split this episode into two parts. Yes, spoilers. You're going to have to wait till next week to find out what happens with Tatty and Lionel. But we just want to say a massive thank you for joining us for another dollop of fun-packed fantasy fuck nuggetry this week. Seeing as you made it this far, why not consider hitting that subscribe button and never miss another episode again? But yet, if you're feeling fruity, why not give us a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you are on? All of your reviews and recommendations go a long way towards spreading the word of our misadventures far and wide. Of course, if you fancy chatting to us about anything you've heard across the course of this podcast, you can find us on Twitter, at Adventurers. A-N-O, number one. And of course, you can also find us on all the best social media platforms, including Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Club Penguin, Craigslist. God knows, the list is endless. We're probably on MySpace if you look hard enough. So that just leaves time to say a massive goodbye. Well, I'm going to have to say goodbye for them, aren't I? Because we had to record this after the fact. So it's a big goodbye from... Mr. Chris Neal, the world's wokest blueberry. It's a massive goodbye from Mr. Chris Ragg, the sexiest man to ever wear a cardigan. And it's a massive goodbye from Mr. Matt Durant, who's had to pop out and jump in the sauna. We will hopefully see you back here next week for the conclusion of this episode. But in the meantime, listeners, remember, stay tipsy. Stay tipsy.